All right, we're finally back for another episode of Arcade Militia after a very long hiatus because we are shifting gears towards uh, looking, I, I guess, not necessarily more story-based games, but games that tend to uh, look a little bit more intimately into the whole LGBT spectrum. And um, yeah, I'm Jackie here with Steph, my beautiful co-host. Hello. And this is Arcade Militia. Okay, so the games we picked for this time around uh, are two games. One with an incredible simple name and one <laughs> with an incredible difficult name. <laughs> so one is uh, a game that is just called The Lake. Uh, and the other one is Hong Kong 87, A Summer's no. End. Which is, no, no, uh, no. A summer's end. <laughs> Hong Kong. 1986. You remember oh. that? 1986. It's important because we 84. accidentally discovered a connection between these games. Oh, yeah. 1986. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an important. So, it's funny that I forget that because it being 86 is actually really important in Hong Kong's uh, The Summer's End like plot because it's, you know, it happens in Hong Kong. And 86. Once they they had the handoff where Hong Kong, I think, stopped being uh, essentially still treated as a colony to, you know, like the um, the British, I think. Yeah, it was it was an upheaval period in history for them. Yeah. And also a period of time where they were like, you know, it's like a lot of opportunities and a lot of choices because a lot of people were leaving the country. A lot of people, you know, cause a lot of people were deciding to stay in the country and open new businesses because, you know, like it's really, like I said, very much an upheaval. And uh, Lake happens during 86 as well, (laughs) which is wild (laughs) that we just make these two games because they looked kind of neat and they they happen to both be uh, set in the same year. Uh, and also uh, deal with similar uh, plot and themes, I would say. Yeah, right? definitely. And I think it kind of helps also to point out that it, when we have these episodes where we cover two games, the way we do it is usually I pick one and Jackie picks one. So she suggested Lake and I suggested A Summer's End because I'd already played it. And we didn't realize until after we'd played through both games that they did both take place in 1984. And that was just a really fun coincidence we thought <laughs> and they also like uh they also have like extremely similar kind of uh overall themes of like trying to figure out what's your place in the mm-hmm. world and what you want to do with it and like what does happiness mean what does success mean and um yeah so so they're pretty both interesting in how they're aligned and i think it's extra funny because you picked uh, a game that is a visual novel which <laughs> i absolutely hate and I actually ended up actually really liking Summer's End. And I picked a heavy story-driven walking simulator, which is a game, I, the type of game that I love. And actually, I didn't enjoy it like that much. <laughs> so that was a, a nice surprise on both ends, to be fair. Yeah. So uh, let's start Let's start talking about like the, the one that we enjoyed the least so we can end on a good note. So let's talk about Lake, because I feel like you also have had a, a pretty... Uh, rocky relation with, with, with Lake. Yeah, I mean, Lake is not a long game by any means. You probably could knock it out easily yeah. in, like, maybe an hour, if that. 
Um, it took me <laughs> weeks mean, to play this game because I found it so boring. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can beat it in one hour, but the amount of content in the game is one hour. So for a frame of reference, uh, in Lake, you play um, you play as a, as a girl that... A woman, mm-hmm. yeah, like um, you know, she's got an established career. She's like in her thirties, I think. Yeah, late thirties. Uh, she's a, she has a job and she has you know an apartment. She's she's well off, but um, she um essentially uh gets a like a you know a vacation getaway to her old old home spot uh to do a little bit of house sitting for her, for her parents, which are currently like living it up in Hawaii. So she's doing a little bit of house sitting and in, in, in moving away from the the busy life that she had in Chicago. It's, it's a Hallmark movie opening, is what it is. The busy city girl <laughs> has to go so. back to Business. her rural hometown to take care of something. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Um, so yeah, it's like this whole idea of like uh, you know going back to your roots. And while she's there, she's also. Um, doing uh her dad a solid because uh her dad works for the post office so she has to you know um essentially pick up his job for for you know like a essentially a week um or a couple weeks um as you know for her vacation um but it is a pretty chill job because you know just you know being a, a you know post worker in a in a very small little community so it's, it's almost more like a leisure thing more than anything. I mean, it's still work, right? Uh-huh. But you get to walk around, meet people. They're, they're like the schedules are not like super tight. You don't have to like rush everywhere. And like, you know, this is pretty chill because, yeah, not not a lot of people getting packaged. Well, there. yeah. And you're not on any kind of time limit. So you can, I mean, if you wanted to, you could literally walk from one location to the next, just kind of playing it however you wanted. <laughs> like there's literally no pressure in this game whatsoever. Which is a little bit annoying how realistic this game is in that sense of like, it is a game about delivering parcels and delivering, you know, um, boxes and stuff to people. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the most realistic game when it comes to speed, which is, I guess, is like the most issue we had with the game. Because as we talked about it, the game doesn't have a lot of content. A lot of it is padding because you're going to be driving these parcels. And sometimes there's going to be an interaction when you're driving or delivering a parcel. But most of it is just walking and driving. And Meredith, the character you play as, she has the most believable walking speed a character ever Which had. Which is infuriating. Absolutely fucking infuriating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like... It's like, you know, like if you're playing like a, you know, quote unquote realistic game, like, you know, like Red Dead or something like that, and you need to go like around a block, your character will do a little jog, you know, they'll show some hustle because, you know, you have limited time to play. Meredith just walks because why run? Why should she run? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's not on a time crunch. Like, she just takes her time. The same with driving. You drive, you know, at the speed limit, never more. And, uh, you can't really break any laws while driving. Uh, so it is uh, very slow. Yeah, but I will say in credit to the development team, they do reward the slow pace of the game by having just the most gorgeous landscapes possible while you're driving. Like yeah. that was genuinely the most impressive part of the game for me. 
Agreed. Lake has a, a very unique and quite beautiful art style. It has kind of like, I don't even know how to put it. It's kind of like retro, but like pastel. It's it's really pretty and it has a very clear definitive edition or definite vision mm-hmm. of what it wants to accomplish visually. Like it, it, it really is a, a pretty gorgeous yeah. game all in all. So uh, it, and, and it does have like a, some pretty good uh, soundtrack as well. Well, I wouldn't say pretty good, but it it is fitting, you know, like it's it's very usually like very chill, like country, you know, or folk songs kind of playing as you're driving. It is kind of a relaxing game in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem comes with the fact that it just, uh, you know, it's it's very relaxing for the first, you know, hour and a half of doing it. And then like it just doesn't change or do anything different to add to it. So the the, the padding gets quite boring specifically because and and this is very apparent is just that it's so samey and so very clearly padding because a lot of people will tell you that maybe it's because they were thinking about how to make you know the the, the player feel really invested in this town and, and all that stuff but Meredith has lines when she picks up a parcel and when she delivers it and those lines repeat quite a yeah. bit yeah, uh, like every- <laughs> it's like every time I heard Meredith say ooh this is interesting when picking up a parcel or saying ooh this is heavy it's like if I heard that if I got a penny every time I said that or she said that it was like uh, I'd be pretty rich because uh, it happens a lot yeah. you deliver a lot of parcels and she reuses quite a bit of lines yeah that's true and I would say like if I was describing the soundtrack just to sorry back up for a second this game is supposed to take place in, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a small town in Oregon. So the music very much fits like if you have a um, like a reference point for music that is kind of attributed to the Pacific Northwest. Um, that's it's that very like kind of slow and and very chill like folk vibe. Um, a couple of the songs like have yeah. a little bit quicker tempo, but it all very much fits into the same category. Like you're not going to get a huge <laughs> selection there. Yeah, no. And that's like another issue. And I think it's, again, it's apparent why they have so much padding because, you know, they want to be, they want to sell it as a game, you know, and it's hard to sell a game that is only like, you know, if you say like the game is two, three hours mm-hmm. long. That is a tough sell. A lot of people are going to be like, you know, like it's not worth, you know, it's not worth $10. It's not worth $15 if you only get three hours of it. Because even with the soundtrack, you get to the same problems where they have some really good tracks, but you're definitely going to get bored of them because there's just some, there's like, you know, like at least four to five hours of just driving back and forth and they only have seven, six songs to to play Mm -hmm. with. So. You're going to be listening to the same songs again and again and again. And even though they're, you know, very fitting songs and they're good songs in their own right, it just gets repetitive. And it's very clear that, like, if you didn't have all this padding of driving back and forth between these locations that have nothing, um, you probably have a more condensed, more enjoyable experience overall. Yeah, but I also feel like you'd probably have, like, a 45-minute long game. Because, like, content-wise, it's got some very interesting story beats, but it doesn't really delve too deeply into any of them. So I I think that you're right about a majority of this playing time being padding because a lot of it, like I said, great storylines, but never really quite 
go as in-depth as you would hope. Yeah, I mean, you know, moving on to that, the biggest selling point of the game is that whole um, kind of dichotomy of just, you know, you want to be, um, uh, essentially, you want to be happy, mm-hmm. right? And you want to be a successful person, but you're, you know, confronted with uh, people from your past life or people from, like, you know, a life before you were like who you think you are as an adult and you start like questioning you know like you know what is happiness what is really being successful like what what is it all about mm-hmm. and, and to that effect you beat a lot of people uh and that's like the main draw of the game it's like all these it's it's a character study game at the core of it so you end up meeting a lot of uh, interesting uh people from Meredith's um life when she was younger mm-hmm. And these characters, most of them, are all really interesting and very fun. Um, but you just, like Steph said, you just don't get a lot of time with them, unfortunately. Most of your time is driving from house 11 to house 12 to <laughs> put down a parcel. But the actual conversation bits are, are, are kind of limited. Yeah. And this game does kind of, I felt like anyway, start to early on, uh, start to push like the romance options on you um and i didn't feel like yeah. either of those options were that interesting but i absolutely loved the relationship between meredith and her uh former best friend reconnecting with each other that was yeah. such a great story i legitimately yeah i legitimately think that that whole like the game like that that story of her and her best friend was like they wrote that mm-hmm. right and they're like, oh, this is really good. This is really fun. This is really interesting and emotionally deep. Oh, we probably have to add more stuff to this game, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that is just so bad. Like, that is miles above everything else in the game. Yeah, it's honestly probably the best part, especially as far as, like, the relationships go. Because even though Meredith talks on the phone to her parents pretty often throughout the game, too you still don't even get that level yeah. of feeling close to them like you do with the best friends. So I think you're right. That very much may have been the original entire concept that this was built around. And then they just were like, oh, fuck, I guess we got to have her try to fall in love with somebody too. <laughs> yeah, because it does encapsulate like the entire uh, message of the game. So the whole theme of the game, right, is that because you're a big city businesswoman with a job, you know, and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, it, it is understood that you kind of, you know, you fled the coop, you know, you, you, you've, uh, you've outgrown your nest, mm-hmm. and you're on to bigger and better things, um, which is an issue because not everyone thinks that going to the big city is the bigger and better things. And even the people that do, not a lot of people got the opportunity to do right. so. So when you come back to your old hometown and you meet the people there, um, you know, how do, how would they react? Will they be jealous? Will they, you know, will they like, have, I don't know, be hateful of mm-hmm. you because, you know, you got the opportunity and they didn't? Or will they just be happy for you, you know, and what you've done? And more importantly, how do you feel about them, mm-hmm. you know? Because you're not there anymore and you kind of left them behind for, you know, lack of a better word. Um, but you did. So, like, that's the whole, like, kind of messaging of the game is, like, what does successful and happy looks like to you, the player? And I, I really do enjoy how they toy around with it because Meredith is always very easy to influence mm-hmm. as, like, 
choosing options. Like you always get the option. Like it doesn't seem like Meredith has her mindset on any way. So all the actual dialogue options you have with people, you can very sincerely say, I'm happy with the life I have, or I'm very like do like I'm very, you know, doubtful about the life I have, or I hate my life. Right. And all those dialogue options feel like she's actually being truthful about mm-hmm. it. But the thing with her friend though, is that her friend really does have like some unresolved trauma with oh, her yeah. because she really did feel like she was left behind by your friend, you know, yeah. by Meredith. There's the one thing that I really, really enjoyed about the writing for Meredith's character too, though, was that even in spite of, in even with her best friend, she never apologizes for her success. And I think that that's something that a lot no. of games fall into the trap of, of like you have that situation and then you've got so many people putting pressure on you that it almost makes you feel guilty for having like flown the coop and achieved a level of success for yourself but they very much play meredith like a woman her age who has like grown into herself and very secure with her success and what it took to get there and she apologizes for leaving you know some relationships unresolved but she never apologizes for what she's yeah. accomplished and i think that was a really cool way to keep her character feeling realistic yeah because you know you don't you don't have to like you, you don't have to give satisfaction to anyone about your life at, at the end of the day i think if you didn't like you know went out to hurt anyone so yeah she she does like uh say sorry i mean you have the option to say sorry and apologize to your best friend mm-hmm. which i think is what we both oh, did yeah. about being like well yeah, I, I, I'm, I like I left the town for like you know, uh, what was it like twelve years, yeah. and I didn't even write right. you. Yeah, that was that was kind of a dick move on my part. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have done that. In hindsight, you are my best friend. I kind of was just really busy with college and really busy with work, so it didn't really cross my mind. But it was really important for her friend. So, like, she apologizes for that, but she never apologizes for like leaving the town or actually getting like a cool you know tech job that she has yeah and i think that's important but i also think that what makes that relationship feel so real is i think that almost all of us have been through that as adults like when you have to look back at a childhood friend who never quite left the circumstances that you did and you have to decide whether that relationship is worth you know continuing on and you know whether or not you're going to be dealing with a jealous person if you do and you know not being afraid to like put yourself into a mindset where you feel like you're trapped somewhere again like i i can feel all of those things very directly because i deal with it with my hometown um so i very much understood the struggle she was going through the entire time yeah and there is also like the issue of like for example um you know like your father's friend who helps you get settled in your new, you know, um, mailman kind of kind of mm-hmm. work. Um, he is a classic case of like sometimes you just outgrow the people, you know, you 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 used to hang out right, with. Right, absolutely. Because the guy is like, you know, the the guy is a, is a little bit of a you know like a very you know he doesn't mean poorly, but he makes a lot of poor decisions, and he's not he's like a bit of a wild card. He's not very responsible, yeah. Right. Like he's a good guy. He is friendly, and he tries his best to be funny in a very, you know, um, I guess you could call it like you know, <laughs> like organs sort of way. <laughs> Whereas like it's not really, 
Like he's very like not funny. It's like old, like boomer funny. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like he's not really funny, but he's try he's trying his best to be. He's funny. trying to be jovial. He just isn't that clever. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But he's very responsible, and he like does a lot of like illegal things, and then just brush it under the rug as being like you know ah it's it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. And yeah, it's it's like well, maybe when you're younger and like the only person you have to hang around is someone like that, then yeah, you can be like, yeah, I'll overlook your shortcomings, right. you know. But if you're when you get older and you meet more people and you're like, this is it's not okay to live this way anymore, right? Yeah, I don't have to 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 like live with this or live with you, you know. Like I don't have to 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 be beholden to this, so. That's also another very interesting theme to it. So to to like round up, we do need to talk like the reason why I picked this is that there is a uh, love and relationship in this game. Uh. <laughs> and you can you can choose between uh, a beautiful, a lovable, a hunk of a of a lumberjack man or a very quirky, uh, nerdy um a VHS store owner, <laughs> like artsy girl, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. She's very much the um. I don't like a quiet version of a manic pixie dream girl. Like half the time, you don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> but what I did love is uh, looking at the movie posters in her VHS store, because they were all just off of being actual film titles. And it cracked me up because yeah. they even had like the um, the graphics for the movie posters be so freaking similar to actual movies that came out in the 80s. I just was yeah. dying every and time I walked through there. Yeah, they, they did some great spoof, like uh, some great parody, like, uh, you know, covers and also like some great parody names for 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 movies, which is great. But yeah. focusing on the on the female love, I'm trying to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about her because again, this is this is the biggest issue uh, with with Lake. I feel like the characters are good; they're not a problem. I think the characters are all fine. It's just that you don't get enough time with them, you know? Yeah, and it makes it feel like a very shallow relationship, like. Whether you choose the handsome hunk of a lumberjack or the uh, beautiful, quirky VHS girl, you don't really have enough time to get to know either of them, in my opinion. Not, yeah, not really. I mean, the the lumberjack guy, you do get to do, like, a bunch of, like, stuff with him that yeah. is, like, important to him as a person. Because, so, you know, a little plot time. Uh, lumberjack guy is not only a lumberjack, but he's also like a fierce defender of, you know, like, um, like uh, what's it called? Uh, he's like a system, right? Yeah, he's like a conservationist, uh, but just in the yeah. most like rough masculine way possible where he doesn't actually know yeah. how to go about anything bureaucratic, but he knows he doesn't want anybody trampling through his forest and cutting down trees. Yeah, he's is like I actually thought the one of the first dialogues you get with him, or I think it's the second one, if I'm not mistaken, where he talks about you know like I've been living in this town ever since I was a kid, mm -hmm. and like just look at these trees, look at this lake. This is all really beautiful, and we can't just let it like be extinct because someone wants to rise a condo here, you know? Yeah, like it's gonna it's gonna lose its charm, like its small little town charm, and I'm like, I 
I get you. I get it. I get yeah, you, exactly. guy. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, if you want that for a romance option, he's not the worst. Like, he's a pretty charming, soft-spoken guy. He never comes on to you aggressively. Like, as for a male romance option, he's about the best you're going to get. Not only that, he comes to you asking for help because he doesn't know how to actually do anything with because essentially he's trying to petition, uh, you know, the uh, what would you call it? Like, you know, the government essentially to to block this uh, this company from building a condo in the middle of, of you know, uh, of uh, the, the city, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the lake community. Uh, but he doesn't know how to or what to do to get people to sign his petition so essentially his dates quote-unquote is just essentially you helping him do all this stuff but all the stuff that you help him do also could double as a date like let's meet at the diner and we can uh, write something up let's meet you know at our the, the radio studio and i can help you record you know like something to uh to rile the public right so we can play on the radio um, all this stuff can, uh, you know, can be counted as a date. Uh, the stuff with Angie, the the female love interest, is very much just a date. Yeah. You go to see movies, then you <laughs> you get to drink some some hot cocoa in your house. It's uh, it's very much a uh, it's just a date. There, it really doesn't uh, mesh into the story or community anyway. Which I guess you know thematically kind of makes sense because Angie never really meshed with Lake either. She went to a small little town of a bunch of like old people and tried to open a VHS store that sells, you know, horror movies. Yeah. And lo and behold, her business wasn't doing very well because <laughs> well, not not a lot of the old the the old folks not not big on uh, watching movies when they live in like you know retreat city basically. Yeah, and I think that that was another thing that was played very realistically is having an older generation who's very hesitant to embrace new technology. Which, because this takes place in 1984, a VHS would have been very new technology. So if it wasn't something you were used to, that kind of explains why she has that whole scheme of trying to get you to deliver VCRs to people. (laughs) Yeah, her her first quest is to uh, essentially, and that gave me a fright, let me tell you, because Mm -hmm. they talk about the ethics of, uh, you know, using your position as a male woman to do you know extracurricular deliveries yes and <laughs> meredith is like i don't know if this is allowed by the law and angie's like nah, it's fine just trust me and i'm like that's <laughs> not a great start to our relationship really <laughs> you putting isn't. me in danger by breaking the law um when i'm working a f- federal job because that's what that is yeah. <laughs> yeah and then immediately after you get like audited by like yes. you know like a suit guy from from the government but it turns out it's about like uh you know uh your dad's friend being doing illegal betting but i immediately the first thing i thought was like oh god angie just gonna land me in jail <laughs> <laughs> this is what i get for being a lesbian <laughs> No, I um, I sent you a screen grab that I found of one of my favorite posters, and that's they're um, ripping off of the labyrinth, but they just call it the maze, and it even has like almost yeah. a direct, uh, like copy of the design with just with uh, of, on the VHS of the art style, yeah. yeah, with just a couple like color changes, and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, the it, the game is filled with that. 
they also had like ghost catchers. Yes. Like, you can also see in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it looks like the Ghostbusters logo. Uh, yeah, that game, it's AG Shop is really cool. Uh, and again, a lot of thought was put into not only Angus shop, but the entirety of Lake, like uh, as a city, like the the locations are all very interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like like I said, it's just like I wish there was more dialogue. I wish there was more talking. Uh, and this the stuff we we're talking about, like how everything just feels very shallow, uh, especially Angie's romance. It's just because, um, you know, I I know there's like the the you know quintessential joke that you know lesbians fall in love on the first date yeah but you know you you're in lake for two weeks and you go from like you know i met you to i do you want to run away with me forever yeah <laughs> on my on my old beat up van yeah and that's another thing that i think that we talked about after i first played it was that that was there were so many ways that that could have been done better for those ending options but just to like actually pigeonhole you into this you either completely give up your job and any chance to be successful because she won't even consider moving with you or you have to just leave with her for with no plan and to me i was just like no plan yeah as i i went ahead and went with her because i felt like it was what i was supposed to do but i just knew that at my age, I wouldn't be doing shit like that. So it, that didn't feel realistic. No, because <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Meredith is supposed to be in her late 30s, and that definitely does not feel like a late 30s kind of choice. Because Angie does look like she's like in her mid-20s, and perhaps like a little bit younger than that. But, you know, like Meredith being older, she probably, I, I don't know if she would just jump on the opportunity to just essentially just, you know, cross uh, country travel on an old beat up van with this woman you met like two weeks ago. Yeah, who came to town with a bad business idea in the first place. So maybe you question her decision making a little bit. I'm just saying there were a lot of things here. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. The problem is, is that it does jump into the like, you know, like narrative wise. It is like a bad like sign because narrative wise it makes sense for you to be like hey i got a really successful job and we just closed like a huge deal and like maybe i'll become a millionaire like Mm -hmm. maybe you can just live with me in my chicago apartment and we'll be happy because that is legitimately an option thematically though thematically the idea of running away with angie makes sense because you know like the whole thing uh with angie's relationship is the idea that you know people should be untethered like she like she thought that she, her place was Florida and that she was going to live in Florida all her life. But then she realized that she felt empty. So she decided to come to Lake to see, you know, like people keep talking that, you know, small towns and small communities is where like you you really get to know people and feel more in connection to like other people. But she came here and nobody understood her and nobody mm. like really talked to her because she was a you know weird queer kid from Florida. So she felt like just as lost. But then she meets you and then she realizes that she finds her place not in places, but through people. Mm -hmm. So the idea that, like, you know, let's run away because all we need is each other. Like, thematically, it makes sense. Narratively, though, there should be an option for Meredith to be like, we could do this. Even though it's thematically not appropriate, we could do, you know, (laughs) like uh, the sensible choice. Yeah, especially because she's definitely the adult in the situation but on top of that like we talked about before (laughs) it's kind of implied that meredith literally programmed the first 
like Microsoft Office. Like she essentially yeah. did something really, really major for the uh, computing world. So to just, I'm sorry, but to just turn her back on all that and drive off in an old beat up RV, it just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's, that's the issue, right? It's like, it's like, like a lot of people will talk about, you know, stuff like Lord of the Rings and how like in the last movie they have to, you know, well, not just in the last movie, the entire trilogy is all about getting the cursed ring to be dropped in 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 a volcano mm-hmm. and people are just like coming up with ways of like oh this would be so much more logical and efficient if they could do this or if they could do that and it would be so much more logical and efficient and it's like it would be but it would not be thematically appropriate yeah and it wouldn't be the story it wouldn't be the story and that's the thing is like can you imagine like Angie's whole like arc is about her coming to terms with the fact that she doesn't need people or thing or she doesn't places or things material things to find worth in herself she doesn't need material things to realize like she is loved and she is cared for that is like her whole arc and then at the end is like yeah but you can stick with me in my huge apartment with loads of cash like that is that just breaks our character (laughs) completely (laughs) like it would completely destroy this beautiful arc they made for her i know but at the same time because we do have like that is an a thing in our minds it's it would be better essentially if they gave us the option to ask angie to do that and she says uh i could never do that because you know i don't think money will make me happy and i don't think living in a big empty house will make me happy what will make me happy is being with you and us traveling the world like just that piece of dialogue would be enough to justify you not being mad at it because at least you would give you a reason, but the game doesn't even give you that. Right. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just a very ABC option kind of thing. Yeah, and it treats, it almost treats Meredith as if she's a side character in her own story just because it yeah. is so limited. And, you know, that that is probably my biggest pet peeve with this game, and I had several, but that's probably the biggest one is just the lack of viable options i think at the end i will say uh, essentially the game has uh, it realistically speaking it does have like i would say like four endings it has the ending where you stay with the 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 hunky lumberjack guy mm-hmm. and it's like almost uh, implied that you guys marry and you stay in in the little lake town and you build a, a perfect beautiful little traditional family in in lake town oh. um or um, you could uh, stay in Lake Town and keep working your your male woman job because you just enjoy living in, in a small town. Your parents even talk about how they like Hawaii so much they're going to, or not Hawaii, they're in Miami. They like Miami so much they're going to buy property in Miami and you can just stay in their old house, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty good deal, I would say. In today's housing market? Yeah. <laughs> even in the eight, they had a fucking crazy like good house oh, honestly it looked right. really nice yeah. yeah so essentially you could like work a federal job with that is pretty lax and easy and live in a paid house that you don't have to pay rent on that sounds like amazing off the bat right right uh and the third option is you you know you you go with angie the, the quirky lovable kid from florida on her beat-up van and you cross-country travel uh, trying to you know find you know bad movies to watch and laugh about 
Uh, and the fourth option is you go back to Chicago and you finish your big project and you become like essentially a gazillionaire. You become like the next Bill Gates. Right. So that's sort of the four options. And the good thing about the game is that they treat all these options as valid. Like all these options are good. Like yeah. Meredith is happy in all of these endings. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't <laughs> you know? punish you for Because essentially you pick them. for Meredith what happiness is. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, you don't have bad consequences no matter what you choose. Um, but, you know, like I said, I just I wish there was a little bit more to choose from. Yeah, because it, it, it is very binary and it is like kind of, you know, I understand it was made by any, any companies. So, you know, the resources are, you know, very budgeted. So you couldn't like like write a bajillion endings. Right. But you do come across with the fact that you do have like several characters you interact with. But the endings are, you know, universally the same. Like, they're just, like, the, f- the same four endings, regardless of what you do throughout the story. It's just, like, the difference is, do you date the lumberjack guy? Do you date the quirky, nerdy gal? Uh, do you go back home, or do you stay in, like, um, right. you know, single? That Those are, like, essentially, like, you might as well just pick which, which ending you want, regardless of what the choices you make. Yeah, and I do like that she gets to be happy, no matter what you choose. Um so it, it's not terrible. I just wouldn't have any interest in playing through it again. No, not at all. Because especially because since the endings are so set in stone, mm-hmm. uh, there is no like there. There's nothing that makes me want to be like, ooh, but what will happen if I do this this time? Right. Because I can just watch like a, a five minute video showing all the endings and or you know all the four endings. And they're always the same, regardless of what you pick. So like, you know, there's really nothing kind of pushing me towards like doing it again because the gameplay itself is enjoyable uh the you know the dialogue while really fun and appropriate never really gives me that vibe that um some other games do uh which we're going to talk about because there is a game (laughs) that does that a lot that is called uh, summer's end where like a lot of the dialogue options in this game i'm not like oh but what if i chose to say that instead of this right you know like because all of them are pretty milk toast and mild Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interesting, but it's like you have to choose between saying yes, mm-hmm, or maybe. You know? <laughs> like those are your three options of dialogue. So essentially, it's just like levels of interest in conversation. So like I never pick the yes, and I'm like, mm, but what if I said mm-hmm? <laughs> so like I don't want to play it again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's essentially the the pin on Lake. Like a very interesting game with really good dialogue like just absolutely dragged down by really really uh repetitive gameplay essentially mm-hmm. like i wouldn't mind the lack of dialogue and the lack of options and the lack of endings if the game was shorter but because you have to spend so much time walking so much time driving it's like uh it made the lack of dialogue just feel because if it's a if it's a if it's a five uh well for me it took six hours to beat so if it is a six hour game with two to maybe one hours of dialogue that is slim you know that is very slim pickings yeah but if it's a three hour game uh, like with one hour of driving and one hour and a half of dialogue then that's fine it's all about the 
the the the amount you know like the balancing of like the amount of actual busy work you have to do because i think busy working game can be fun you know yeah it definitely can and there are some games where it's if it's something you know even stupid like fishing i have no problem if i just need to relax after a hard day getting onto a game just go fish for a few minutes sometimes that's all i want out of life the problem with this game though is that because it is built the way that it is it does not incentivize you to replay it it honestly feels like it would be more trouble than it was worth to try and get a different ending you know even if there were more endings than what we've already described and no like save slots either so like that makes it even harder to justify because it's like imagine if i was the kind of person to be like oh i want to know what happened if i said "Mm -hmm," instead of yes and I wanted to actually see what happened, I would have to replay for like three hours of extremely boring driving around and walking around to get mm-hmm. to that choice. And yeah. it's like, uh, nah. No, thank you. Like yeah. no matter as much how, yeah. I could really love the game and the dialogue, but nah, not really. Which, again, is why I keep saying it's like a lot of these, uh, you know, LGBT games are just one step removed from visual novel. Mm-hmm. Lake would have been a really good like visual novel because you would have all the good dialogue, you'd have all the the beautiful vistas and but you would have none of the like extremely boring walking around and you're driving around. Right. Cuz there's really nothing to explore, mind you. Yeah. Right? There is nothing to find in this open world. Yeah. Like you go to the waypoints and that's it. There's nothing like new or interesting to find like outside the 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 waypoints. So it's not like uh it's not like Road 96 which we played mm-hmm. where like actually walking around was really useful to find things that will help your gameplay. This it one was had rewarding. Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean and there the world is so small anyway that even calling it open world I know that you call you know we call it that because you can freely explore if you want to but it's such a small area and they're really it will get repetitive if you drive the same roads over and over again. Like I said, beautiful artwork, beautiful vistas, but you're not ever going to see anything new. There's no randomly generated encounters. There's nothing interesting. You're not going to find like a perk or a hidden treasure anywhere. Like it really, unless you just want a game where you don't have to do anything, there's no reward for, you know, taking your mail truck off the beaten path. Yeah, that would be that would be a really good like that would be a, an amazing thing for them to to have added was like just random things appearing without having like a, a waypoint to it. Yeah. It's like maybe when you deliver parcels, someone comes out and talks to you for a little bit, doesn't really go anywhere, doesn't really have any like meaningful choices to make. But just something to break up the pace of just like constantly walking and driving around, you know? Right, exactly. And speaking about like games just being like one step removed from visual novels. Um, sometimes it's better to just be honest about it and mm-hmm. just focus on doing a really good visual novel and not try to bog it down with like gameplay that you're not super sure is going to hit or not. And, you know, that's where we start talking about the second game uh, we had, which is uh, say the name again, stuff, because I already lost because it's a long <laughs> <name. laughs> That's okay. I only know because, I, like I said, I have a page open just so I don't forget any points, but um, it's called The Summer's End Hong Kong. And it is probably one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Hands down. Uh, Yeah, 
yeah, I was gonna say, uh, story-wise, it's very beautiful. Narrative is also pretty good. I like a lot of the dialogue, which you know is the bread and butter for these uh, visual novel types of games. Mm-hmm. Um, art style, though, um, art style is kind of mixed. I like it, but it's like you know, it has like that old, um, very old like anime style. Like, yes, uh, you know, uh, very thin lines, uh, very um, very striking. You know, like uh, character. Uh, traits like you know i know it's the 80s sure but you know characters just have like pretty big shoulders pretty thin waists like that is a very like striking kind of um kind of silhouette to most of the characters and like how they look and how they act but they still feel like very believable which is like my main gripe of a lot of visual novels is like a lot of the characters tend to be overly dramatic for you know the context of uh, trying to get the plot moving along or trying to make it sound more exciting than it is or not. Yeah. But this game is actually really grounded and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you why I enjoy the art style so much. So I, I, you and probably a few people who listen know that I very much love like the retro wave style. And, you know, you can tell that by our opening song. I love just, you know, anything that has to do with like the 80s and the neon and all of that stuff. So this grabbed me in like immediately because not only did it have all of like that 80s style that I like, but these are literally drawn like the cartoon characters I used to watch. So between that and just the fact that it has such a satisfying narrative all around it, this really made a very fun game to play just, and I did play it straight through. I think the first time I played it. Yeah. So, um, the summer's end, um, you know, a little bit of plot time uh, essentially uh, has you um, following along uh, the story of a young, um, well, she's like an accountant. She's yeah. someone who works in an office. Well, she kind of seems like an assistant because it seems like she answers to that particular manager a lot. But I don't think they ever give any like real yeah. clarity on what her position is or what the company does. The only thing is important is that she is like pretty high on the on the you know on the rung she's uh she's a you know like essentially a a high ranking office lady <laughs> in her yeah. office maybe like an office manager or something yeah and the thing is she's aiming to be even higher she's a very like business focused lady mm-hmm. which uh you know again very sharp uh like a uh, relation to to uh, Lake as well with right. narrative <laughs> it's very yeah. business oriented very business business type of person. She is Michelle. Michelle. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's not her. That's her. Her American name. Yeah, that's what she calls it. Her English yeah. name. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the big difference between uh, Michelle and uh, Meredith's characters are that Michelle, it at least it appears to me in the game, is much more motivated by her the pressure from her mom than like personal ambition yeah it never really like dives too deep into it but with the way that they portray the relationship with her mom you kind of get the impression that michelle hasn't really had a lot of space to think for herself since her her dad died yeah so so the idea of uh summer's end is that your character essentially is someone who ever since uh their dad died when she was really young she's been kind of like hard focused into just being essentially the breadwinner of the house and being like a successful person and again this game also brings about like a lot of themes about like what does success mean you know right the success means just having like a lot of money doesn't mean being happy because what she does gripe a lot with uh, her mother 
uh, who's still alive and lives with her, is that her mother both wants her to be very focused on, on you know, just having a job and being a proper lady mm-hmm. who does proper ladylike things because she wants her to get married and have grandkids, right? So, I f- but at the same time, she wants her to, like, really focus on her job and be really good at her job, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you ever been an adult in your life you realize that those two things are almost exclusive to each other yeah like having like finding a partner and having like a you know like a rewarding social life and also trying to be very good and very proficient at your job is a very very difficult thing and well and, and i would almost argue that it's next to impossible especially at her age because that is right about the time that you know if you're if you have that drive and ambition you absolutely can't really afford outside activities because every extra minute you have is being put into like working overtime and being seen and you know just really building up your portfolio within a company so yeah I I can definitely see why that uh, dichotomy would be stressful for a young woman who still lives with her mother and is constantly putting all those different pressures on her that really don't compute with each other. Yeah I I would say there's like I've you know, without going, you know, TMI, but I do definitely relate a lot to Michelle's character in, in this in this game because mm-hmm. um, I was also someone who had, like, a lot of trouble, like, figuring out, like, who I liked. Right. Because I wasn't even thinking about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I wasn't even thinking about, like, you know, who do I enjoy spending time with? What do I find attractive? Because I'm just like, well... I have to really like study really hard and I have to work really hard. And like, you know, those two things are like all that's my life. Like I, I don't even have time to think about relationships. Like I don't right. even, I don't even want to think about them. This is like, just like I have things to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment she meets um, her love interest for this, Sam, all that stuff just kind of breaks apart. Which is like, I can't focus. I can't think. I can't do anything. I, the only thing I can do is think about her. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that's a pretty good, um, you know, like uh, not only story beat, but I, you know, I've been there. Yeah. Been I, there. I feel like we all have I, at least, you know, <laughs> it, lesbians. I, I'm not going to say everybody, but, you know, all of us at one point or yeah. another have felt like we were very clear about what our trajectory was and all of a sudden we meet someone and you know you you really much have that um having to take a hard pause and reevaluate what your priorities are and what you're willing to give up and what just is like a hard line for you and and it's very jarring when it happens the first time yeah because it's like uh you know much like in michelle's story it's just like something that completely throws like her groove off so in the plot of the game She's just going to work on a regular day, a day like any other, and then her shoes break as she's Mm -hmm. making her way to work. And as, you know, like, as she is, like, going to work, her manager gives her a tip, like, hey, I know this cobbler. He's really good, really flexible with hours. He does a great job, and he's really quick about it. So she decides to go there. When she gets there, she uh, meets the cobbler and his daughter, Sam, uh, and, you know, they exchange a few words. And Sam is a very weird character for Michelle. Because <laughs> Sam is definitely a, the type of person that does not respect uh, any sort of, like, yeah, tradition, You yeah. know, like, gender norm, Yeah, gender norms and, you know, like, all that stuff. Because, you know, it is, you know, 
you know, you're you're in China in 86 and you have this woman wearing, you know, like, you know, over like she's wearing like, you know, overalls and like a very thin tank top and like, like, you know, Chuck Taylors. And that is like, you know, for an office lady that was an office lady her whole life, that is like a very like striking thing because it's like that is not lady like at all. Yeah. (laughs) Michelle does comment on that too. Exactly. Yeah. She says something along that perspective that uh respect like I, I can't remember if she said like masculine or it was something akin to like saying you know she's yeah. kind of butch for what i'm used to which <laughs> her character isn't at all but that just shows like the world that michelle yeah. usually lives in to just think that a woman wearing overalls over a tank top is somehow extremely a masculine thing so it is masculine a, thing. It, it's yeah. a it's kind of funny to be in michelle's thoughts during that interaction because you can just like you can visualize the horror that she's experiencing. And it's also like for me, it's really funny how like because Michelle never even thinks about at that point, she never even thinks about Sam in like in a romantic way. Uh, Sam comes across as just really annoying when she's actually <laughs> trying to flirt with her. And Michelle doesn't really know how to be like, no, I'm not interested in you because the thought of like romance, romance with, with a woman never even crossed her mind. Right. Because like as soon as they meet, Sam is always like, hey, let's, you know, let's go grab a bite to eat. And Michelle is like, no, that's that's fine. I'm quite busy. And Sam is like, no, come on. I know a place down here you know, <laughs> has really good food. And it's just like, no, I'm quite sure I do not want to go. And and Sam is like, nah, come on. You, you like it, you know? Like, we'll keep each other company. I mean, it's cold out and it's like it's really dark. I mean, we can go to a nice place. And Michelle goes because, you know. She doesn't want to be rude. She doesn't want to be rude. And the cobbler said it would take like, you know, three, you know, two to three hours to fix her shoe. Right. So she's like, I'm not just going to stand here in the, like in the street at night in the dark. Not even because it's like, you know, scary or anything. It's just because because they're in a pretty, you know, populated street. It's just that you're just standing there in the rain in a street in the dark for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do. Nowhere <laughs> to sit. She's like, okay, fine. I'll go eat something with you. And then they do. And they have like very like, uh, you know, the type of conversation you would have with someone that you just met. of just like asking things and just uh, Michelle essentially just trying to not be any more rude <laughs> and just trying to avoid actually making a connection with this person yeah. because she's like this woman is weird and I want nothing to do with it yeah. but you know like the problem is is that even though Mich- uh, Sam comes across as very annoying she never really crosses the line from annoying to actually like harassing she's just yeah. like constantly being like very annoying but you know, like at, at, at most times you do have the option to say no very firmly and then the game just kind of keeps on going uh, and then you pick up afterwards with like just trying to make the relationship work, but it doesn't quite, mm-hmm. which again is like great uh, actual choices actually matter. Whereas like even though the, this game only also only has two endings, choices you make earlier in the game make the mid game much more different right you know even though there's only two endings it it makes like the entirety of the game um mm-hmm. play play out differently um but you know like after this they have this uh this meeting it's just like <laughs> it's just everything <laughs> just becomes so hard for Michelle to focus on anything like her job or anything cuz she can't stop thinking about the woman uh to the point where she actually goes back to that street completely unprompted just to try to find this woman. <laughs> and it's uh, it's really adorable. Yeah, it really was cute. I mean, there is a lot to 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 
to to like think about this game because uh you know sam and michelle are not the only like you know uh, i would say queer characters mm -hmm. there's also a sam's friend uh what's her name do you remember i don't oh i do remember what i was gonna say though um the thing with sam kind of uh seeming annoying though i i the way that i read it was that she is much more of an extrovert than a lot of the people around her so i think that she's annoying in that way that sometimes us introverts meet someone who just has so much energy and is so just chaotic wherever they go that you're almost kind of repulsed for a second until you realize that they have a good heart and i i kind of felt like that's what michelle was going through in that moment with sam like She's nice, mm. but she is a lot more than I'm used to dealing with. Is she, though? I think she's just different because you do get a, an, an interesting interaction uh, after you meet Sam. You get to meet uh, Joey, uh, you know, like the guy who is like uh, an employee at the company you work on and he's under you. Oh, and yeah. he's like, he, he's supposed to be a foil to Sam in a way because he is the catch, right? He's like, he's beautiful, tall, and he, he knows like the three languages and he has he's his rich and his you know his dad owns like a, a villa in Canada and he's up and coming in the company yeah yeah and he's also like really nice <laughs> too he's like a legitimately a nice person and very understanding and very fun uh, and he is like extremely like also like a like an extrovert as well like he is also a lot it's just that sam also happens to be you know uh, very queer in all senses of the word. Yeah, and definitely pushes like cultural norms. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sam being an extrovert comes across as like weird and pushy, whereas Joey's super traditional conservative looks and you know way of life, his extrovertness come comes across as you know like just being a manly man doing manly <laughs> things, which I find is like also a pretty interesting dichotomy as well between both of these characters where they have very similar personalities but are perceived like almost opposite to each other yeah and i i honestly really like the way that they play joey's relationship with michelle when he is trying to get to know her because you also see like her struggling with the fact that she's still thinking about this weird woman that she met even though she's on a date with yeah. like what is meant to be like the ultimate husband material so it, it really does um, play extremely true to life with the exact kind of struggle that someone in her position would be dealing with. A hundred percent. And I also like that, you know, never at any point they make fun of Joey. No. Or they kind of trash him just for being the straight guy because he's genuinely a nice guy. It's just that, you know, like it's, it's a lesbian story. So, I mean, what are you going to do mm -hmm. with him? Exactly. Yeah. So it's fun because... Essentially, so moving on with the plot, you or Michelle rather goes back to the street to find to try to find Sam, uh, and she does. And Sam is going, you know, like you know, she's talking, <laughs> and I find it really interesting because they go meet with each other because uh, Sam gave her a tape for her to watch, and Sam uh, and and Michelle watch the tape, and she's like, "Oh, I have to return it," even though she said I didn't have to return it, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna go there. Because, you know, you want a reason to, to come back, essentially. Yeah, she's so she making an there, excuse she, to herself. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Sam essentially presses Michelle into coming with a karaoke club or a dancing club with her. 
where you meet uh, her friend um, called Cecilia, which is kind of Sam's mentor. Mm-hmm. And she's also like a lot. <laughs> if you want to talk about someone who disrespect, you know, like gender norms. Oh yeah, and sexuality norms. That's that's very much her. She's larger like she's than very life. Loud and brash. Yeah, I I yeah. like when they have um, characters who really aren't part of the main story come in and really take up the scene, like they did with Cecilia. I thought that was really neat. She chews up the scenery a lot. Yeah. She is. <laughs> you almost forget Michelle is there half the time because <laughs> Cecilia is such like a, a big character, honestly. Uh-huh. But she's like, you know, uh, her fashion can only be described as like absolutely, you know, as as like eighties as it gets. Oh, yeah. like you know, like she has like she has the full on like the Michael Jackson like you know band shirt, <laughs> like the band coat with like the little fingies on like the huge pauldrons with. With the little little like golden strings on it, like just absolutely insanity, and like just very luxurious and very like you know larger than life. And she's also like a very like no nonsense type of person who's mm-hmm. very like direct. And, and I really like that about it. I mean, you know, I mean, we could talk about the plot, but I feel like since this is a visual novel, I feel like it's best uh, <laughs> explained by saying it's good. We gave you like the prompts. You mm. probably should go buy this game and play it because it's really good. Yeah, and you should support the developers because it's it's definitely worth it. Because it's actually, uh, you know, Lake was made by a, a small team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer's End was made by two women. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like they they really deserve all the support uh, right. to make um to make more games like these. Yeah, the studio name is Oracle and Bone. I think uh, I legitimately think games like these. Uh, are so nice because, like I said, they try to represent, um, you know, like uh, the community in like not necessarily a positive way, but more like in a realistic kind of light. Exactly. Because it is it is weird and awkward and like pretending that it isn't. Like I feel like a lot of people talk about, you know, like, oh, you know, representation, normalization is good. And I agree with that, but I also think that there should be room for like these sort of more um, kind of, you know, stories about, you know, coming out and stories about kind of finding yourself and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I also like that this story was taking place during uh, such a historic time, especially in Hong Kong, because a very a great way to feel like you're part of a larger community is to play games like this, if for no other reason than to see how relevant the struggle with coming out is, no matter where you live, no matter what time period it is, no matter like what your family background is. We all go through a lot of the same emotions and decision-making and terrible choices, and it doesn't really matter you know, where, when, or how, because it's just, it's something very shared within our community. And that's another reason why games like this are so important because people need to know that they're not alone. Yeah. I mean, I think a huge portion of that is because like, I think what I I remember reading for a lot of reviews of Summer's End on Steam, right? Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people thought it was kind of cookie cutter. Really? And for me, that was really... Yeah, for me, that was really weird because looking at it objectively, you know, like, you know, like trying to be as much as a robot as possible, it is kind of cookie cutter, isn't it? It is about like we're talking about, it's about a business girl 
that meets up with kind of a wild card woman. That's true. And the business girl kind of loses all her business senses. And they have, you know, they, they have a, pretty much a fling. Oh, no. Another Hallmark movie. Yeah, they have a fling and then they break apart, but then they realize they can't live without each other and then they, they get back together. It's pretty cookie cutter, right? Right. But because you're talking about like, you know, the whole like aspect of like, you know, like it makes you feel more a part of the community mm-hmm. if you play this and you're, you know, you're already queer. Is that I think for a lot of people that really enjoyed this game, like we did, mm-hmm. is because you fill in the blanks and you try like you essentially get into the character. Yeah. And like we're talking about like, Oh, I really relate to this character. I really relate to the situation. I, I've been through this. I lived through this. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes stuff like this really like rise above the rest. Because if you're outside and you don't understand this, you're going to look at this and you're going to be like, oh, it's just a cookie cutter love story. But if you're like, if you've been in this and you're like, yeah, it's it's as complex and weird and awkward as the characters are narrating mm-hmm. make it sound like to be. Yeah. And I think that when you're reading the reviews too, you can tell the people who haven't had that experience just by the way that they talk about the game. Um, and as I mentioned to you, because I think I played this maybe a year or so before you did, when I first was looking at the comments, a lot of them, like I said, were guys who were could not figure out how to get the lesbian ending. And... I think it's yeah. just like between that and people who are like, oh, yeah, this is just the same game over and over again. Well, I mean, those are people who probably don't have the emotional connection with what the situation is that, you know, people who've actually been in the situation do. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, not wanted to spoil too much, but it does come to a point in the game where your character, you know, Michelle does run away from home when her mm-hmm. mother finds out that you're dating a woman. and. Like, again, if you look at it objectively, you know, coldly, logical, it is very cookie cutter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that is the definition of, like, you know, coming out movie or whatever. But the way it's done, it's just, like, all about it just feels very grounded and realistic enough for, for you, or at least if you had that sort of experience, to kind of look at it and be like, man... Yeah, this, this hits hard. Yeah, as, <laughs> this as, is actually like very emotional. You know, my mom when I came out threatened to uh, send me to the one of those pray the gay away camps. So I definitely like yeah. I, you know my mom and I have a great rela- or um, we have a better relationship now, and she absolutely loves my wife. <laughs> but you know, seeing that scene play out between her and her mother, like I still felt my heart get ripped out all over again. Like I remember being that scared sixteen-year-old that was having a parent reject them. So it, it's one of those things that if you've been in the situation where you've felt that deeply rejected before it is like this major emotional response and you can tell yourself it's just a video game all you want but if it's something you've been through and you're seeing it play out on a screen like you're not gonna be able to be a robot about it yeah i think like the the way they read the written the dialogues and the characters narration really helps sell it not just you know mother's angry you leave i'm sad kind of thing they, right they really because there is like a, a there is like an incredible amount of awkwardness and normalcy to it you know like it's not treated as a big moment because like like as soon as it happens like for example michelle's like is like she's super angry but she's also sad and confused mm-hmm. but her first thoughts are like like where i'm gonna go sleep like 
what about my stuff? Yeah, well, I should probably figure this out. It's and I practical. need like because that is like the thought. It's the thought pattern that goes through your head when stuff like that actually happens, mm-hmm. and, and like, like that kind of normalcy and kind of like just treating it as normal is like uh, it's just it just makes it feel so that that much more believable. Yeah, there's no like you know a super awesome music sting with like a cutaway of like them in a different place. It's like no, you just kind of have to deal with it when it happens. Yeah, and they very much could have done that. They could have, like, ended the game right there with her showing up at Sam's door, and you can just imply that they live happily ever after. But they don't. Like, they play through the heartbreak and, like, her having the whole, to yeah, the deal. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, like, with real-life consequences and have to suddenly be forced into this position where she doesn't have a choice but to think for herself. Nobody can make these decisions for her. And, you know, it's scary and it's just it's done so well to be in that position of just suddenly feeling like you don't have footing anymore. It is one of those like kind of bittersweet games, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like all the lovey stuff is all a lot of it is bittersweet because it's like as you're playing with it, you know, like Michelle is constantly thinking like, oh, my mom will never approve of this. And even even if she did, it's like this lady, you know. She is, um, and again, this points out again to the relation of the same thing as Lake of like what is happiness and what is success, right? Right. Because um, essentially, like Michelle thinks, like you know, like this is not going to work out because uh, she, if she is with this girl, she can't focus on her work, and she can't focus on her work. She probably is going to, you know, not get the promotions and I got the raises she wants to have, like a very lavish lifestyle that mm-hmm. her mother wants for her. Uh, and similarly, Sam has a pretty like, you know, job, like a job that is not like, you know, she, again, another relation, she owns a, a VHS shop. I <laughs> much like Angie didn't from even Link. think about that until you said it just now. Jeez, where am I? But yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that would so be it's scary. Not, it's because, not like a, yeah, Sam doesn't really seem to have much ambition beyond that either. Like she's decided that this is where she's comfortable and this is what she wants to do. So for someone with like Michelle's personality, yeah, that would be like a really big decision to have to make. Can I be with someone who is content to live this way? Yeah, because essentially like she makes a, a like notes when you go visit her in her like super tight studio apartment. Like, you know, she she makes a note of like how like, you know, you can hear the neighbors uh, and, you know, her 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 living room is also her kitchen is also you know her next to her bedroom essentially she like has a hot plate to cook on she has a hot plate to cook on yeah it's just like this is like a far cry from like my you know my my beautiful uh house apartment that i live with my mother but at the same time it's like you know do you need much more than that you know right. if you're living with the person you love right like do, do you need more some people do some people don't mm-hmm. and that's like that's why it's like a, an actual you know question a lot of us probably should ask. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one thing that you can keep in mind while you're playing it too is that Michelle and Sam are both still fairly young. So there's a good chance that one or both of them like makes a financial decision that sets them up to be in a better position. Like this isn't supposed to be played like she's some middle-aged woman that just is in a hurry to settle down like it it has all the very real like you know that 
taste of freedom aspect of, you know, living in a tiny studio apartment, but, you know, at least you're not living with your parents anymore. So, yeah, it's it's very, very true to life in in just so many regards. But at the same time, it does raise the question of, like, what would set them better for life, you know? Right. Like, if they're living a life they're comfortable and happy with, like, what's, what's the issue? You know? Yeah, that's true, too. And I think that that's just as you're playing Michelle, you know, it's just things that you think about, you know, if you would be looking yeah. at it as a long-term commitment. Which again is also another really good point is that Michelle thinks that having a really good paying job and being set for a life, quote unquote, with like a good job mm-hmm. and like, you know, like a bunch of like uh, you know, job certainties and stability is a thing she thinks is really important because she was raised by her mother. Yeah. Which who probably taught her that those things are really important. Right. Unlike Sam, who was raised by her father, who taught her that, you know, life is about enjoying what you have because any moment, you know, things could turn around and you could lose everything. Right. So just enjoy your life, be happy, and I don't care what you do as long as you're happy kind mm-hmm. of person. So, like, Sam has a completely different set of, like, what is happiness for her. Right. And either of them could much change like, that. Much like Angie. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that could change or it could not. And, you know, I guess just long term, you have to decide whether the uh, the fancy career and the big house are more important or, you know, just kind of getting by with someone that you really care about. And that's a realistic choice I think a lot of people have had to make. Which I absolutely adore the fact that both of these games treat both options as completely valid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know absolutely like it's because you know you could end up with the with with joey in summer's end because mm-hmm. essentially you get the option to either live with sam or go to to live with in canada with joey and it's like both of the options are are good because you know like michelle as she you know she gets with joey joey is a nice guy like legitimately and she cares a lot for michelle and michelle doesn't like she doesn't hate joey and and she'd have a good life with him yeah like if 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 sam wasn't around i feel like michelle would probably marry joey because joey is a pretty nice guy yeah. <laughs> and she seems to like him and he's stable she's just, she just had she's just she, and he's stable and he's just like joey just had like the the whole most horrible luck of me of essentially starting talking with michelle when she was like in her like worst emotional period <laughs> so she wasn't giving him like anything but when you actually talk with him he's like all right um and and, and michelle seems to actually care for him a little bit so like the when when you get like you know the ending where you go joey she michelle essentially like you know you things with herself like that time I had with Sam was really pleasant and I had a good time and it was a fun time, you know, and I hope I find more gal pals in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that, but she essentially she thinks about she thinks back to it as like, you know, like what fun times we had, essentially. Yeah, and she's like, that, that was a good part of my life and I'm happy it happened because it really like emotionally matured me. And it's not treated as like, you know, like, oh, no, I'm living my worst life now that I can't have my my lesbian lover for the rest of my life. No, she's like she's she's very emotionally mature about it. Yeah. Um, And similarly, you know, like like Meredith and Lake is like the same thing. It's like if you decide to not like date anyone, uh, Meredith ends up, you know, being very successful or having like a very nice, easygoing life, depending on what she wants. Mm -hmm. And the game makes like no shame you know, it doesn't hold anything back to tell you that Meredith 
is happy and fulfilled with the life she's currently living, regardless of the choice you make. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when you when it gets to the point in the game where you have to make the decision between uh, Sam and Joey, um, I'm I'm not going to spoil it. I will just say that it was so cinematic and dramatic, and I loved it just so much (laughs) it was such a (laughs) great example once again of like the art style in this game but also just the dialogue was really real and intense and felt like it had consequences and it it, when you have to make that decision it's actually a really good scene yeah yeah even though like let's be honest nobody's gonna pick joey like absolutely zero people are pick joey the fact that they let you have that choice is, is makes that scene so much better. Oh yeah, I mean Joey's nice and all, but he he's got nothing on Sam's charisma, honestly. He's nice I mean, and not only that, but it's like things, let's be but... honest, they know they they know the target they're aiming for, Steph. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they knew what they were doing. They got us hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. <laughs> do you think do you think anybody buy a lesbian novel and makes the main character marry a guy at the end? I don't like, know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> these these are um, kind of rare games for me, so I don't actually know the audience <laughs> that it's intended for. I just stumble across <laughs> some strange things occasionally and I like them. That's like it's like okay, so we're talking about the next games we're going to play, right? Mm-hmm. And like one of the games we're, we're looking at, one of them is called a Super Lesbian Animals RPG. <laughs> It's like, can you imagine if you play super lab- lesbians animal RPG and you make the main character date a guy? Like, that just goes counterculture to the thing you just bought with your money, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, nobody buys a lesbian visual novel to make the character date a guy. That's, That's the whole point of, like, the lesbian visual novel. <laughs> but, I mean, we were having, like, the, the kind of uh, uh, not-safe-for-work games discussion on Steam last night. And... I think Mm. it's just one of those things, too, where so much of those can be so just blatantly intended for a male audience. You have to be so discerning when you're clicking on those games because it's almost like when they used to do those cheesy movies back in the 70s and 80s, like, oh, lesbian prison. But it's actually like a male guard that's like getting all the action. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's that's but that's not what a lesbian is. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, for sure. This game is, you know, like that's that's the issue we were just talking about. It's like if you want a, like an LGBT visual novel experience and you go to Steam, be ready to see some not safe for work stuff because ninety nine percent of it is that it's bullshit. Um, and you know, yeah. it really is because it's clotting up like really good games like Summer's End, mm-hmm. which is a really amazing visual novel, <laughs> and like you know, it's it's pretty great. Even like it does have like a not safe for work patch you can install in your game. And even that stuff is like very tastefully and nicely done. It's not like it's not like triple X erotic. It's just like essentially they just give you pictures of essentially like uh you know, like, oh, like look at this one. Michelle is snuggling with Sam on her yeah, on their bed. Yeah. Like, oh, how hot and racy, I guess. <laughs> this is like, you know, a couple of a picture or a picture of a couple is just chilling in bed. I think I like, that not, was like, one of the things I warned you about too when I told you to download it, because you were like, What is this patch? And I was like, Look, it sounds a lot worse than it is, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it actually does like essentially the patch I almost feel like it's needed for the game because there were a lot of scenes that they describe and then they show the picture. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, and also, like, there's a lot of scenes where, like, there's a lot of fade to black, which I think 
a lot of the narration is really good at showcasing like how Sam feels or how Michelle feels. Yeah. And all that narration is gone without the patch because the narration is essentially about them doing the dirty deed. Mm-hmm. So there's like, oh, it's a sex, it's a no-no. But again, benefit of the doubt because you have to give because, you know, like the two uh, people that made this game are both women and they're queer. Yeah. And this game was very much a passion project for them. So you can probably tell this is not like a, you know, uh, just jerk off material, essentially. Yeah. It's like an actual really good visual novel game about like, you know, about a lot of stuff, a lot of themes. Yeah. And when we're talking about stories like this, too, I honestly prefer Fade to Black. Like, I, I get the appeal of things being a little bit more explicit in some type of games and you know the cyberpunk is one of the ones that's pretty guilty of making it a little bit more uh visually uh accurate than it probably should be but like with this one i really liked that it was handled with fade to black because it just it it felt more i don't know tasteful or more in line with the story than trying to go like raunchy with it well, I disagree with you. I installed the patch <laughs> and I want to see boobies. Gimme. Well, I installed the patch too, but still, I still wouldn't consider that like, you know, that bad. Because none of it yeah, is I mean, like well, th- out because, of line. Because it isn't bad. It's, it's legitimately like, for example, it's like they have uh, this description of how Michelle feels, you know, like essentially like embracing another woman when she's naked. And she talks about her feelings of inadequacy and how she never really was physical with anyone else in her life mm-hmm. and how this felt like essentially like how she was incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Like all that stuff really adds to like the story. And it's, and it's not relatable. like I said, it's not. <laughs> it's very relatable. Right. Mm-hmm. But that is hidden behind the not safe for work patch because if you don't have the not safe for work patch. Essentially, she just lays down on bed, fade to black next scene. Yeah. And doesn't have all the narration. So it's like, like essentially it's like essentially the, 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 and, and not safe for work patch is just a, like, you know, rated 18 patch more than anything else, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. Just essentially just talking about the, 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 the sex, but it's like, like you said, it's not raunchy or anything. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not for, it's not for the titillation of the viewer. It's informing yeah. the character. It, it definitely, it, it more adds to what's going on than, you know, just has sex for the sake of sex. It's, I think it probably. Yeah. Which uh, is totally what safe. cyberpunk does. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> I will freely Swan admit that. Dawn. <laughs> the cyberpunk is like almost cringy with the, with how they handle the sex scenes. I'll be honest. With like how, uh, you know, I'm I'm almost glad they they didn't like. I was just half expecting for them to just be like, there being like a three minute long animation of them putting on a condom or something. <laughs> and I'm just like that thing is just so like, why add that to the game? Anyway, off topic. We've got a DLC uh, coming out to talk this about year. Cyberpunk at some point. Yeah, we, we might yeah see we that. definitely <laughs> should talk about Cyberpunk. That is actually Cyberpunk. I would say is an LGBT game because there's tons of you know, not necessarily Cyberpunk, but the setting. Tons of transhumanism and mm. queer identities and all that kind of stuff. So and... um, I feel like it be a very very interesting to talk about, even if the game is uh, doesn't really approach those topics very often. Yeah, and I was gonna say that um, another thing that the game does that we like is that it doesn't make everyone herosexual. 
like if you want specific romance options, you have to be yeah. what the person is interested in. And, you know, not just everybody's down to do the dirty with you. And I always prefer that mechanic in games. Oh, yeah. Big preach because they actually, you know, they they respect and realize that sexual identities are a thing and that, you know, they exist in real life. So that's that's nice. Not yeah. all games do that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that's a it's a pretty good roundup. So uh, to put a cap note in it, Lake, uh, it's on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you can play Lake for free. Uh, Summer's End uh, is on Steam. Uh, and you can uh, buy that. And if you do so, uh, you're supporting uh, really good devs uh, that are working on the next project that it looks to be like Summer's End, but better. So that is pretty neat as well. Awesome. Hey, this is Future Jackie out here to thank our lovely Patreons, uh, Pixie and Account of Raid, for continuing to support our show. If you want to support our show, you can head to Patreon at Jackie Comics and continue. Uh, helping us keep the show alive. Uh, rest assured, the next episode will be much more queer than it was. <laughs> this has been a quick turnaround for us, but we're excited to get this out there. So thank you once again for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>